and welcome to the Owners and Operations Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Andrews, a generational accounting firm owner rebelling against all the rules of the traditional accounting firm. My husband, Jake, and I transformed our accounting firm so that we no longer work overtime, even during tax season, without losing a dime of revenue. Now, we teach other accountants exactly how we did it and what we continue to learn about business ownership and life along the way. We want to educate and empower firm owners to make changes that will give them back their time to enjoy their lives and strategies to grow their profits. We record all of our sessions live in our private Facebook group. So head on over to the show notes to join the group and to join in on our discussions. Because I want to see accounting firms across the country actually get this right and get more freedom from their business, better serve their clients, and better engage their team. So uh, that's what that's what I'm on. It's the mission that I'm on. And uh, it's an absolute pleasure to work with progressive firm leaders like you guys. Um, and so that's a little bit of my background. Great. Yeah, and I think a lot of people can... Um relate to that quite a bit. I mean, there are a lot of second generation firm owners, but just not seeing your kids. I mean, we did, when I came in to own our family's business, come you know, work in my family's business, I should own it right away. I went in saying, I appreciate the kind of money you make <laughs> quite a bit, but I can't live my life. Like if I have, when I have children, cause it's been 15 years now, I, um, I want to see them. I want to see them grow up. I cannot be like a slave to our work. And I, I really think that's a horrible stigma of our industry that we really have to change. I mean, the workforce itself, and what did I read that the accounting industry itself has lost like 40% of its workforce in the past two years? Um, We have to change that stigma. People have to want to come in and work. Otherwise, what are we going to do? So 100% on board, we got to change it, make people healthier, you know, enjoy their jobs, what they do, enjoy helping clients. So totally get it. For sure. All right. (laughs) For sure. For sure. (laughs) Well, I just, I feel like a lot of people are second generation accountants because I don't think if you, like who is like going to college, like, yes, I want to be an accountant because that looks like a fun job. It's like people (laughs) go into it because it's kind of like what they know, you know? So it's like what you knew, that's a business, like. I mean, it happens. People do. People do willingly. I think they go to look maybe for a big four firm or something like that or something in the industry. I think when they own a firm, it kind of happens or they just work for someone and they, they're like, I can do this on my own. Maybe they didn't plan on owning something, maybe they did. Yeah. So it's just well, it's second gen accounts, I feel like. Second and third. There's a lot. Aren't we technically third? We're technically a third generation bookkeeper. Okay. Our grandmother was a bookkeeper. So she's right. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going <laughs> to, I have some questions laid out for you. Um, and we'll just, we'll just talk. We don't have to really go off the questions completely, but, and then if anybody else has questions too, just drop them in the comments or, the or Q&A. in the Q and A on zoom. Um, we're reading them right now and we'll get to them with Joe. He's a, a really good resource. So we'll try to pick get your brain. questions out there and pick his brain as much as we can. Mm-hmm. All right. So first question I have for you is what are the top reasons that you have found that accountants kind of seek out your coaching? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of reasons. I think that it stems from a lot of symptoms. Um, what I often hear is just a feeling of being alone. Like it's lonely to run any business, but yet we as accountants, right. We have to have the pressure of, um, our clients 
who I think a lot of them kind of are looking to us for how to run their businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to help our clients run their businesses, but yet we're actually still running a small business ourselves. And so who do we go to? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So sometimes there's this feeling of loneliness. Sometimes there's uh, often just, uh, I think we all have seasons in our life where we, we know what we want. We actually have a lot of clarity on that. And we've, we've been working so hard to get there, but for some reason it's just not happening. And so we're kind of stuck in this wheel of effort, but not seeing a result that we want. And so we have to try something different and maybe we don't even know what it is. Um, but I often see people that are kind of in that space. Uh, I see a ton of people who are frankly just burn out, like they're done thinking about quitting, um, not getting what we want from our business at all. And so it's like, maybe I have to sell or maybe I'm just going to quit. So that's usually kind of where it starts. Okay. Well, I remember, I don't know if this was, because I don't know exactly when you brought Joe on, but you wanted to quit a few months ago. <laughs> she I wanted she to quit a couple times. Me saying, you know, I would make a really good administrative assistant or a personal <laughs> assistant. I think I'm going to quit my job. Or, you know, how much, because I was waitressing at the time, like, how much are you making waitressing? Like, maybe I could make that work. And, and you know, and you were, you were in that, like, cycle of 16 hours a day at that point, even, you just wanted to quit because other things were going I just, it just was very, I mean, you can't really quit owning a, I mean, you can quit owning a firm. Yeah. Right. But we had a lot, we still had employees at the time. I, yeah, I got, I was getting very discouraged by being a firm owner, having employees is so hard, keeping employees, the engagement, um, just the processes we hit, um, a really good revenue amount, but it just, it's just, we were stuck and it was so overwhelming and I was working so hard and I just could not see the results that we wanted. So yeah, pretty much what Joe was saying. It, it can be lonely. It's, it's overwhelming. It's just great to have a third party come in and like, would that's not related to your business and see this overall view of it and kind of just like objective, objectively see it and like, all right, this is, this is what, and just help. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm super curious too, like if anybody's willing and brave enough to post out um, in the comments of the Q&A, just um, where you find yourself, like, why are you here today? What, what are you hoping to get out of this call? And uh, why are you even here? I mean, that might be kind of interesting just to see where everybody else is coming from, because I feel like everybody comes from a different place. And so just curious mm-hmm. if anybody's willing to share, uh, feel free. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. My next question, I mean, you kind of just touched on this, but Joe, like, why do you think coaching can be necessary for accountants? I know Aaron just said it's kind of a third party and it's stuck, but do you have any other ideas on that? Uh, so why, why do you think it's necessary? Yeah. Or helpful or helpful, whatever you want to go with. Yeah. I think the truth is probably it's not necessary for a lot of people and like if you're if you're in a good rhythm, if you have a lot of freedom in your life, if you're kind of on this call out of curiosity, but your employees are happy, your turnover is not high, like you have good retention on your team and you have high client satisfaction scores and you like your clients, you don't find yourself just complaining about your clients. <laughs> I know we all do that to a degree, right? 
but if that's oh, um, excuse me, you you complain about your clients? <laughs> you guys, never you, never, never me, you. never me. <laughs> but it, but in the accounting firm, yeah, like I think if you find yourself happy with your clients, doing good service, happy with your team, uh, low turnover, and you personally are able to take a lot of time off, maybe you don't need somebody uh, like me or, or another coach. Um, I generally think that, uh, however, there's a couple of things you could look at as an indicator that it might be helpful to have somebody like this in your life. Um, I think really two big things. Uh, one is, <laughs> I guess I'll just say what we've done as a profession, which uh, it's, we've worked 60 hours a week. We've stayed at the office till 2 a.m. We've missed the baseball games. You know, we've worked every weekend in tax season. We've missed the key life events. Um, I just remember so many times, like even as a young dad, um, kind of feeling like I'm doing what I need to do for my family, mm -hmm. right? I'm working, I'm making money, I'm, I'm doing all that, but yet I'm completely missing a whole other side mm -hmm. and I'm completely neglecting in some other very important areas. <laughs> and, um, I'm not saying everybody's doing that, but I think that what we've done as a profession is we've kind of celebrated this workaholism, this drive, this go, go, go. Um, and being unhealthy, it's, it's super not healthy. And if you look mm -hmm. at the studies and the math, uh, people say, Hey, once you've hit 50 hours in a week, like everything else beyond that is kind of inefficient time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've seen those studies. We know that, but yet we still kind of feel like we're different and we can just go, go, go drive, 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 but yet we're burning ourselves out. And what we're doing to our brain psychologically is we're killing our creativity. Mm -hmm. We're mm -hmm. killing our ability to think strategically. We're actually yeah. just taking like a step back and be like, is the effort that I'm working so hard to do actually moving me in the direction that I want to go? Because maybe it's not. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I, I just see that like, I don't know what you want to call that. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's like, uh, I just think it's so necessary because I feel like so many of us are just stuck in that mentality and we don't even have the ability to get perspective mm -hmm. on our own business, which yep. is super common. Um, I guess the other reason might be uh, because of some limiting beliefs. And so uh, these could be things like you thinking I could never offer these higher value services that I've heard about um, that I know will, would probably create some freedom because my clients aren't going to want to buy that. Uh, I'm not going to be able to convince people or I'm just, maybe I'm not skilled enough, right. To do those higher level, higher paid services. So I'm just going to prepare tax returns. Mm -hmm. or I'm, I'm not saying that to be demeaning in any way. It's a valuable needed service. Um, it could be too, if I don't work all the time, <laughs> like my parents did, or my former partner did, or my former mentor did, maybe I really want to earn my place in the profession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you're letting someone down you're letting someone down mm -hmm. maybe i'll be less of a person like imposter syndrome yeah yeah imposter syndrome um or maybe something like if i don't work all the time uh the place is gonna fall apart <laughs> and my business is so dependent on me that like i could never actually leave and so it's i think maybe it might be necessary if, if for people that are maybe in one of those two buckets 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're operating from a place of chaos or there's some serious limiting beliefs. And I think if you find yourself in that place, like maybe the biggest reason is because there is a better way out there that equals more freedom for you. Uh, my own story, like I found myself working over a hundred hours a week thinking I was doing all the right things. And for me, I had to completely walk away and do a hard restart and start a completely new virtual firm. Um, and what it gave me was the ability to travel. Like I think the first year I left, went to the beach nine times. Um, I'm here in Florida now. And so I'm able to spend so much more time with my family, which has created a lot more balance for me personally. So I just think because it's worth it, like we, we need to think through and you may not even need a coach, but we need to think hard about our businesses because it's worth it because we have other things in our life that are more important than our business. And so our business should support our life, but I think so many times it doesn't. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people think that this is the only way that the business can be ran. And from what I know about what you have done, at least for straight line for Aaron and Jake is you have come in, especially with employee issues and culture and things like that and said, okay, you're doing it this way, but you don't have to do it this way. So here's a suggestion. And, you know, I mean, your clients can either take or leave the suggestions. Like what do you, when you do make a suggestion to people, do you find that they usually take it or do they kind of, does that mindset of it has to be this way or that limiting belief mindset kind of hold them back even when you're working with them? Like, how do you try to work through that with them? I think we just have to ask ourselves, what have we tried? Like, do we actually, well, number one, (laughs) where do we want to go? And if you know you're killing yourself and you want more freedom, what have you tried? And if we can identify that you've actually tried a lot of things, because a lot of times we like to go back to the things we've tried and we just cycle through a bunch of things that we've tried, but haven't actually worked. And so then we ask, okay, what have we not tried? Well, if we come up with an idea that is something somebody hasn't tried, like, what do we have to lose? We've tried everything else, right? Mm -hmm. So even if it fails miserably, um, (laughs) we have to try. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that answers that question. No, no, it does. It's just, you know, sometimes people can be really stubborn. I know, you know, my sister is one of the most stubborn people I know. Um, but it kind of reminds me of the saying like, um, oh God, what is it? Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, or when the pain is great enough is when usually people change. So like, like when you get desperate enough, that's when real change can happen, basically. Uh, so I think that's kind of where you come in and say, you know, you don't need to do it this way. Let's try it this way. You've tried everything else. What do you have to lose, basically? Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Uh, Katie, I think we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of questions or some some comments. We can. We are. Yeah, I was going to hop to those. Um, you are covering some of the, are you on the Zoom questions? I'm on the Facebook Live questions. Which ones are you on? I'm on the Facebook ones. Okay. Well, a lot of people are asking about uh, work, 
life balance, work, family balance, which you've touched on a lot. Just do you have anything specific you want to add to that? Yeah. So I'm seeing, um, (laughs) uh, Don, I would love to share any help. Uh, thanks for the honesty and the vulnerability. Um, Brittany, I love coaching business owners, including other accountants, CPAs. From my experience, accounting firm owners seriously lack the ability to articulate their vision to team members, and they also lack sound processes that hinder their ability to effectively scale. So I think I think Brittany's onto something there. Um, I absolutely see a serious lack of vision in accounting firms. Like, I think the truth is, a lot of times we don't even know where we want to go. We just kind of take on any client that'll come in the door. Mm-hmm. but we're not actually leading our teams to something. So I think it's really important for you. And if you have a leadership team or one key leader in your firm to take a day or two, and uh, we facilitate this process at group up, but you don't have to spend a couple of days together and come up with a statement, like a sentence or two of what you want your firm to look like. It's aspirational, it's forward looking, um, come up with values. And we have to point people to something. Um, I absolutely agree with your thoughts there, Brittany. Um, and so looking for ideas to get, uh, Jen says, looking for ideas to get work-life balance, year-round firm. Do you have anything to add to that, Erin? I don't know. I don't know. She's Jen says she's looking for ideas to get work-life balance for a year-round firm. <laughs> Do you have suggestions? Suggestions. Um, it's really funny because we used to use, I apologize, I had to step away, children. Um we, we used to actually use work-life balance like in our website and like when we hired people. And then we realized, um, well, COVID hit. And then honestly, as the accounting industry, if you did anything with PPP or any legislation, it kind of went out the window in a way. Um, I think you have to identify what your work-life balance is. So my work-life balance is probably different than someone else's work-life balance. Okay. I. Does that make yep, sense? Yep. So for me, my work-life balance is, it's very important to me that I work out. I have a schedule. My husband does it too. Uh, it's also that I am there for my children. Mm-hmm. Um, their sports, their activities, their nurse's office just called as an example. <laughs> so um, I think, and then, but there's also times where I'll work on a Sunday morning or an evening because I was able to do things with my children earlier that day, but it's, it's things, but that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I go to the gym at five 30 in the morning so that I can do things at night with my kids and then possibly we'll log on and work a little later, but that's, I'm, I'm fine with that. I also leave at three o'clock to go get my kids from school. I like doing that. That's something that our parents weren't really able to do. Um, so it's important to me. Actually, one of the things that mom said to me, um, when we like really started taking off, I guess, was just make sure you're there for the kids more. Cause I think, you know, I babysat you <laughs> when I was nine and you were a baby, you know, for days. Yeah. So um, I really think it just depends on your work-life balance. And then you, you just have to be super intentional with it. You have to, you have to decide what that is and you have to make it work. So for the gym, I schedule that in for the kids stuff. I schedule it in. If it's not in my calendar, it doesn't exist because I also forget about it. But um, I just make that super clear to my staff, to my clients. I only have certain times I take new client appointments. So um, I know it's not probably the answer you're looking for, but it's also delegating work mm-hmm. to get you there, finding the right butts and the right seats for roles in your firm. 
So um, <clears throat> I have people, I have a person that's been with us the longest. She took over our internal bookkeeping and our billing. That was huge. And she actually enjoys it. I was really bad at it. I just didn't do it. I just, whatever. So I think that delegating work and just coming up and just making sure you have the right butts in the right seats and prioritizing your health, your life, your children over work, and then you'll fit work in. That's what I, it works for me. So what about you, Joe? Um, we have to be very intentional as accounting leaders on what we say no to. Yes. And also yeah. say yes to, I think, uh, a group up, we firmly believe that step number one is we have to start doing the right service for the right clients at the right price. And yes. what do you many times do we, we offer any service to anybody at cost. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. And so what does that create an inability to hire great talent, uh, a stressful, um, environment where we're always working just to keep up with uh with things um and so Brittany, you also commented uh our question what do you feel like will encourage people to pursue this career again like this field i think they have to see us do it i think they have to see an example mm -hmm. i think they have to see that it's possible yes 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 i totally agree with that see an example 100 percent. i think that's yes I didn't even really think of that, but I think that's what I try to do. I know you do, Joe. I know that you, you take trips with your family all the time. You do prioritize your children. You do, you, you know, you volunteer on the weekends and things like that. And if like wellness, wellness and health is very important to me, it's part of our culture in a way. But if I'm not going to take care of myself and I, I'm not making things a priority, then why would my staff, like I, you got to live what you're saying too. So if you want your staff and develop a culture like that, the work-life balance, then you do have to live it and live it by example. I totally, that's a great point for sure. Um, there's <laughs> some comments on here, I think in a few different places. Some, uh -huh. uh, Let's uh, see. You've got the Q and A. Yeah. And I think the sentiment is like, how do we do this work-life balance thing without mm -hmm. creating something ugly, which could mm -hmm. have resentment. It could be other things too. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think what some are saying is we can't just make this true for ourselves. We also have to open this up somehow for our team mm -hmm. and it has to be holistic as a firm. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would kind of go back to that right service to the right client for the right price. And then also to the right clarity around our team, which we define as right people in the right roles or seats. Uh, with the right incentives. So they're working toward the right things. Yeah. And so it's those six components. Um, if those things are all true, at least I found in my own firm or firms and firms that we've worked with and mm -hmm. coach, uh, that generally there's more balance for everybody. Um, so I know that that's probably not what, yeah. what we're looking for, but uh, Brandy, um, I think it's a really big multifaceted question, but I think it starts with those mm -hmm. six, six things. I mean, I also have gone through feeling guilty. Like I, I probably only work 30 hours a week. Um, I did feel guilty about that at first. Um, but it's also how you, like you said, the benefits of your staff, like how, how do you, 
want to treat your staff. You have to hire, right? You, we want, you need to keep them engaged. You need to retain them. Right now, hiring, and this is a whole can of worms right now, but um, <laughs> hiring, you, you do have to, people don't want to, they don't want to work 60 hours a week or 15 hour days. They just don't. You're just not going to find staff that are, that are going to be good and last long, younger staff maybe. Um, I think people have to kind of change their mentality with that. I've, I mean, I'm part of, um, so I have some colleagues and like, I would never offer PTO during tax season. You have to change that mentality. I think if you want to get the right staff um, and just build it into your culture right now, we, our firm has an unlimited PTO policy. They can take PTO during tax season. It is somewhat limited. We have some restrictions just, you know, for tax deadlines and stuff like that. But like, that's huge. Today, we had the day off. And I'm sure a lot of you guys gave your staff a day off today, but um, they understand if, if they need to go have a kid's game or something like that, that's cool. Go do it. You know, it's just, we have these expectations because we have scorecards and we set, um, you know, production goals and things like that. So if you're always going by time, 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 that might not, you know, how much hours did they put in? That's not a true indication of how well they're doing. So you want to have expectations and goals that you have set up for your staff so that if they're accomplishing that, sure, take the afternoon off. Why not? I, that's, I think that's part of it. Kelly does have a question. Kelly, do you want to type, type in the Q&A? Um, so I, I don't know if that helps answer a question. Um, yeah, Randy had a good follow-up. Uh, sure, but like, how do you do that and still grow? You know, like we can't just be everybody's working from anywhere, anytime, unlimited PTO, like we're running a business. So how, <laughs> how do you create the balance, but still be a focused business that's growing and has accountability? Um, and so I think it's a great question. Um, I approach this myself and my firm a slightly different way. Um, mm -hmm. I screen very carefully oh, which well, yeah. I want to take on. And these have to be clients that are going to pay over $2,000 a month. So there's a CFO component, a tax planning component, um, which I get not everybody's doing that. Uh, but then also, um, and some of you will think I'm crazy. Uh, I will bring these new client opportunities to my team. I don't assign them to my team. And if the team member is a stay-at-home mom who's working 22 hours a week, and they're making what they need to make and they're serving my clients well and all parties are happy and offering that person uh, a new client is going to create a situation of burnout and where they leave. Mm -hmm. If I'm paying that person $30,000, $40,000, I just cost myself twenty grand in turnover cost, right? Mm -hmm. Half of mm -hmm. a salary mm -hmm. when they do burnout. So I'm actually leaving them alone. I'm going to then go find a new team member for that client. And so it's, I think it's just thinking a little bit more creatively than what we have typically done, which is I'm going to pay for a full-time seat, 50K, whatever it is, 50K. And then they're going to take the clients I assign them. And it has to be three times the cost. Uh -huh. um, we, we, we highly recommend incentive comp. Uh -huh. and I've seen a lot of firms do this different ways, but there's typically a base. And then there's a percentage of the, the work that they actually handle yeah. on a monthly basis. So you mean the monthly revenue, right? Like the monthly, monthly fee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Monthly fee. So there's, there's a lot of ways to do that. Again, um, I just think the, the main point is I think we have to be a little more creative than what we've done in the past. at mm -hmm. least. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you said, how do you do that and still grow? Um, 
Randy. Um, I know he just answered that too, but, but he said, he's mentioned the kind of client you take on. You identify your ideal client. You have a niche. You could niche if you want, but if you're taking on same kind of clients and you're doing the same kind of work, like we, we specialize in contractors, which are in the trades as well as club sports. They're totally different. I realize that, but um, we try not to um, skew outside those because it also makes the work easier for our staff. So they're able to pick up a contractor client because they are so used to contractor clients. And it's not, we're not trying to do an e-commerce and a manufacturer. So I think that also helps. Also, there's different things that drive people. So, you know, people always like bonuses or things like that. I, I recommend asking your staff and your what actually will incentivize them to produce more or whatever, you know, maybe take on a client. There's a great book called Drive. It's by, you know, it's by, I don't know, but that also helps um, with staff. But I will tell you the past year we have grossed more in revenue, had less clients and less staff. And we're hitting deadlines now more than ever. So something that we're doing, I think is working. Thanks Joe. Um, But it is possible. I promise. It's just, it, it does take a while though. This is not an overnight thing to adopt. I don't think. All right. Um, there's other questions. Joe, we can keep going. There's other questions or um, do you want to, that they, that people have asked or should we? Yeah, let's hit Ryan's. I, I hear um, uh, he's asked a good one. Um, what are some of the common blind spots that firm owners uh, have? Mm-hmm that are kind of keeping them from wanting to, from getting what they want out of their business. So what are the blind spots that we have as a profession? Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Control. Control is a big one. Yep. Um, people want to work differently. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is people can work differently. <laughs> I think we're experiencing this as owners, right? Like Aaron, you guys travel quite a bit. You moved your firm down to Florida. Your team, most of your teams up in Massachusetts, but you have a remote team. Now you've got one in Arkansas and you've had some in other States as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got a team member in California. I'm based in South Carolina, but I'm down here in Florida right now. Mm -hmm. I have some studio lights and a nice webcam. I mean, (laughs) people want to work different. And so mindset some people want to go to an office. Yep. Not discrediting that at all. So if you have an office, use it. That will be my advice. Uh, but you also have a percentage of your team. It, it's it's not a cookie cutter situation. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the mindset of I have an office. Every must everyone must be in the chair for eight hours a day, punching a time clock. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hook in a program that measures keystrokes and captures screenshots, even. Yeah. Like, I mean, these are all things I've seen mm-hmm. like in the past month. So <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty big blind spot. Mm-hmm. Is, and it, it goes into recruiting and retention pretty heavily as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we have to, I mean, we have to adapt. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any others. Um, I think another mindset is... We have to serve the clients we get, like we have to, because that's our bread and butter. That's uh, what's it coming in the door. 
instead of thinking, no, we have a choice, let's actually be really clear about defining who we know we can serve and what specific service we want to give them mm-hmm. that will equal plenty of profit and efficiency and that we can put in an executable, repeatable process for pretty well. Um, again, so we can staff it better, so we can sell it faster, so we can market it more clearly and efficiently. Um, Ryan, that's a great question. I'm sure there's actually way more than that yeah. that come to mind. Mm-hmm. I, one of the things I would, um, I mean, definitely my mindset is huge. Um, you just can't, it can't be our father's CPA firm. It just can't. I, I think that's one of the things, um, people, like you said, you just, you, it's changed. Um, also the owner thinking they have to do it all. Um, my father is still, well, he's actually let a lot of it go. He still works full time. We manage a lot of the stuff for him. He has his own firm still. Um, but, um, you don't have to do it all. Someone else can do it probably better than you. Like, you know, and that, so where you can work on, on your business. I know this is like so cliche people say it, but you got to work on your business rather than in it. Some of, some people don't really like doing the technical work, um, the tax returns and things like there's nothing wrong with that. You could have a couple you do, but, um, I think it's just understanding to let go control and delegate stuff and just trusting others to do work for you. As long as you have good, clear processes and expectations. Hmm. Yeah. All right. A whole other topic we could dive into. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you guys are touching on topics right now. Like there's a question here. Yeah. About finding qualified staff. We're actually going to have Ryan on, I think the 13th, he's a CPA and a recruiter uh, discussing you know, the job market suggestions, things like that. His insight on it. He's a, a CPA, but as a CPA for recruiters for CPAs, whatever, not recruiter, <laughs> recruiter for CPAs. Um, so that'd be a great topic. And then we have a few others planned. So we're going to dive deeper into some of these things down the road. Um, we have some questions in the Q&A, Joe. Should we go look at that? Um, yeah, let's um, let's look at it. We have somebody, uh, Aaron, I don't know how to let somebody on. Somebody's willing to kind of speak live. Um, looks like Donna has some. Uh, let's see. I can, I can do her on the, um, let's see, Donna, are you still on here? I don't know if she's still on the uh, thing. All right. Well, um, here's a question. What do you feel like will encourage people to pursue this career field again? And that's by Brittany. Did you already go over that one? I think we already, I think, yeah. I mean, we just have to, we have an example. I think another thing I didn't mention was, um, you know, let's show people, let's go into the colleges and the universities and let's mm-hmm. speak to students and let's paint a picture of what a modern accounting firm looks like. Let's show them some of the, the cool slick tech that we use. Let's uh, talk about how our firm is different than maybe the stereotypical one mm-hmm. is getting out in front of uh, the talent early can be another way we can, we can get in front of it. Yeah, totally. Um so one question is, I have a good assistant, but I'm not sure I'm using her correctly. Can you break down how your assistant, uh, what your main, how your main assistant, what she does for you? I have a full office. That's, I think she just wants to know what your assistant does. Yeah. So um, uh, I can give you a couple, couple of uh, descriptions. So in our uh, firm, my family firm, there was a team of 13 uh, and we had a couple of different assistant level people. Um, I was our sales director of close $2 million of accounting service revenue in a pretty short period of time. 
Uh, so this is annual recurring business. Uh, my assistant was with me in every sales meeting, taking notes. Uh-huh. Uh, we trained her to the point of being able to send out uh, proposals after the, the meeting. Um, she managed our CRM, which we used HubSpot, uh, still do. Um, so I think having, it's really good to know who you are, I think, as a leader. Um, I am on a disc, a very high DI, <laughs> which means very direct, uh, very people-oriented. Um, I'm actually a very low C, which is organization. And on a Colby, if, if some of you are familiar with that, I'm a super fast quick start. So I'm happy to dive in and jump in, but I'm a very low follow through. Uh-huh. So my assistant is somebody with a higher follow through on a Colby and a little bit more organization on a disc. So uh-huh. I actually intentionally did those assessments in my screening and found somebody that was maybe the other half of my brain. <laughs> and then I said, you're going to be with me in every meeting. Uh-huh. Um, they have access to my, to my calendar, to my email. And so they kind of, they go through my email and delete spam uh, <laughs> advertisements. I mean, just I'm on like four or five different email accounts. So they just create a clean inbox, which sounds pretty simple, but if you're getting hundreds of emails a day, it's helpful. Um, and so uh, there's other things that they do. Um, definitely appointment scheduling, mm-hmm. which they just, we use Calendly, so they will throw Calendly links at people. Um, it really depends on the size you are. Mm-hmm. And I think without going into too much detail, that's at least an overview. Yeah, <clears throat> I had an assistant, executive assistant, then she became a bookkeeper. Um, but um, <laughs> she's fantastic. Um, she actually also helped me out personally um, as my assistant. So she would like help me schedule kids, doctor's appointments, things like that. Things just to take the administrative side off of my plate. I think that's also expected in an executive assistant that you have as an owner. I I think they do take on some stuff that you do personally, like book flights. If we had a family trip, things like that, just to give you some feedback. But um, yeah, I think hiring an assistant. I mean, I listen to all these podcasts about how every owner should have an assistant, but virtual assistants, things like that. I had one for a while. Uh, I don't right now. My husband and I are talking now about getting one again. I think it's just really necessary, but I do have someone that assists me with my sales role. I don't do it all by myself. So I I guess I do technically kind of have one in a way, but um, great. Um, I'm going to answer Melissa's question on she's on Facebook live. She asked, I'm wanting to transition from buried with tax work Transition from with buried with tax work and appointments. I'm assuming you just don't like being buried with tax work and appointments. Um, this is clearly a huge topic. I think this is one of the reasons why we I saw so much interest in starting a conversation like this um, a few weeks ago. I just kept seeing in some Facebook groups, people were so stressed out because of these things. And there's definitely a way to transition to a more quote-unquote modern firm where you're doing more year-round work. Uh, Joe, do you have um, input about that? We don't probably shouldn't get it too deep because we're going to have it another episode, but just, you know. Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, again, right service to the right client for the right price. So yeah. you could do one, one preparer could do 300 tax returns in a season. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do about 70% of those in the first season and then 30% of them on extension. Mm-hmm. Even if you kind of spread it out, try to spread it out to the summer. Clients have expectations when you're just doing their tax return. Uh So if your average fee is 350 bucks, 450 bucks, something like that, 
that's serious work compression. And maybe that's fine just for you. But if you're wanting to spread that out, then we need to think about ways we can turn a service like that into a product. Uh-huh. We have a whole course, I think, coming soon on that. Uh-huh. Um, but it all starts with uh, a monthly fee, flat monthly fee, and then adding enough value. Um, so if you're a tax only person, it could be as simple as I'm going to add a tax planning meeting before the end of the year. Um, I'm going to I'm going to give my clients unlimited access to me. I know we all just panicked. <laughs> <laughs> but these clients on this uh, tax planning meeting, tax prep with unlimited access, and maybe you have uh, a tax tip special email that goes out that you're curating for this kind of a client. Mm-hmm. They're going to pay $400 a month. Yeah. And so instead of 400 people paying you uh, $400 once, maybe you have 50 people paying you Mm $5,000 on a monthly fee that smooths your income. And again, 50 tax returns is totally different than 400. So (laughs) I'll take that any day. Well, yeah, well, it's definitely that work smarter, not harder for sure. Um, So I'm going to go back to Kate's questions. Kate also had a child issue. So that's why she had to step away. our babysitter kind of bailed today. That's okay. Um, what is one thing someone can do in their business or start doing today that would change their business in your opinion or your experience? Take a day off. Maybe two, right? In all seriousness, I think, I think we have got to stop and we have got to go to a beach or a hotel room, or your happy place, whatever it is, the mountains, um, take your spouse. If you have a key leader or you've established a leadership team, go on a leadership team retreat for a day or two and just think. Like we live in chaos. We live in due dates, deadlines, and constant grind. And so I cannot devalue what that'll do for you as a business leader, but also for your whole company. If, if you, as the leader and the CEO and the visionary, right, trying to give people a place to go, can actually back up and reflect on that yourself. Mm-hmm. So I would say that I think if there was a number two to that, I would say um, if you're not meeting with your team regularly, if you're not getting feedback from your team regularly, then start. So I highly recommend a monthly one-on-one with everybody on your team. Unless you're over 15 (laughs) employees, then you'll have a leadership team that helps Mm -hmm. you with that. Mm -hmm. But if you're under 10 employees, Mm -hmm. then you or your right-hand person on your firm should be checking in with every single person on your team once a month on Mm -hmm. a minimum. Mm -hmm. I didn't say once a quarter, and I certainly didn't say once a year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you should ask them three questions. What are you most excited about? What are you most frustrated with? And what is the firm need to give you for you to be more successful? And so if you'll take a kind of a day off to reflect Uh on some big things for your firm and get strategic, and then you'll listen to your people and engage them and leverage their brains for your business. (laughs) um, It's not only going to show them that you care and take better care of them, but you're going to mine all kinds of ideas that will help you go where you want to go. Yeah, I am. We are living examples of this, actually. We implemented this monthly one-to-one 
Um, we had a lot of turnover in 2020, like a lot. Um, it was very, um, it was really hard. That's when I wanted to quit. Um, <laughs> and we implemented monthly one-to-ones. We really discovered that true employee engagement um, was the answer to the, to the problem, I guess. So monthly one-to-ones, we solve issues immediately. It's, and I, I don't actually necessarily enjoy doing them. Um, to be totally honest, it's not something I, it's not, I like to do my, myself, my husband and our leadership team rotate it with our staff. Um, but the issues that have come up, we squash them right away. Um, we get feedback that we, we implement changes immediately, uh, which I think, I think is probably really cool for the staff to see that they're able, like we actually listen to what they say. And it's just, we really, just the engagement is so much more, I think, because of it. And I, I just, I'm so happy we implemented it. Um, so there's times where I wanted to push it off. And I'm like, no, I cannot do that. This is, this is so important. So, I mean, Joe, would you say that the, the annual review is dead? The annual employee and review only? It's, whether we've admitted it or not, it's been dead mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because how can you, how can you really, I mean, how can you help an employee with what their, their weaknesses are, what their strengths are, what they really want, what their complaints are? That's once a year. That's, that's a lot of stress for both of you. And it's, it's really unrealistic. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Um, and what results can someone expect from your coaching? I'm assuming, obviously, it's probably based on, uh, their initial needs, but what do you think? Yeah, I think generally um, a coach uh, should, you can think of them as a fractional business partner for your firm. Uh, so they should feel like that. This is a safe person where you, because a lot of times we don't have a place to go to. Um, we don't really want to tell our senior team about what we're thinking or struggling with or thinking through. Like it's not completely a safe place. We don't know what might get leaked. Those kind of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe our spouse is sick and tired of hearing it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and maybe you don't actually have a business partner. So, or you have tension with your business partner, and you mm-hmm. both are actually headed in two different directions. So, a business coach can be that place that you go to, where you can just talk through this stuff and actually arrive to uh, two things: clarity on where you are. Mm-hmm. where you want to go and then where you can get confidence on what clear next steps look like and so it's no big list of 50 things you have to do it's just what one thing do you have to do this month or quarter mm-hmm. move the needle on where you want to go and so um it should just be a general feeling of you have a place you can explore and somebody to talk to talk to you're not alone, but also it should lead to tangible clarity um, and tangible next steps. Mm-hmm. So, and accountability on those two. Mm-hmm. Um, the beginning of every coaching call, it's, hey, last time we talked about this, how'd that go? Did you do it? If you didn't, why? Like, tell me more. Um, and then at the end, it's great. So it sounds like we have one or two things to do, and this is what they are. Um, and having somebody like that in your business can. Uh, you could probably get there on your own, um, but a lot of times it can help you go faster. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, it definitely. I mean, just based on our experience alone, I really, like I said, I fought it before um, we hired you. I, 
now I'm like, how did we, how did I fight that? <laughs> uh, I guess I just didn't know what we needed in a way. And I just took a leap of faith and, um, I'm obviously doing an excellent job of it, but I'm, you know, we're going to start, um, uh, easing up on, on some of, you know, we talked about the other day, because I think we've got this habit, this flow now too, that it's, it's built in to our leadership team. It's ingrained. It's part of, it's part of our culture. Now we're so in it that, um, I'm so grateful for it, but I don't, it's crazy. You don't even realize what you're missing until you have it. And then you're like, Oh my God, I, do, I just wish I had done this years ago, but, um, yeah. So, um, okay. I have a final question for you. Um, what are some signs that a business or a firm could use some coaching? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think if you have high turnover, but you don't know why, and it's really frustrating, or you're just very burned out and busy in your model. So maybe you're working more on your own sole prop, mm -hmm. small team or no team, but you're just, you're working all the time mm -hmm. and you're really sick of it. Mm -hmm. And you're a highly skilled, smart accountant, but you're, you're kind of burnt out and done. Mm -hmm. um, I think those two things might be indicators. I think also if you have kind of established a little team and you kind of know where you want to go, but you're not moving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it's been years and you plateau. you're plateauing. Like you yeah. keep talking to your team about all these big, exciting things that you want to do and where you want to go. But you just kind of have become embarrassed in bringing it up because <laughs> you're not actually moving in that direction. Yeah. And so it's discouraging to you to even mm -hmm. think about it anymore. Um, and you're sick of it. Like you actually want to move or, we just want to stop talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those three things. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, and there's different ways you can get coaching too, right? You can do um, group coaching. You could do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like you're there right there for a one-on-one -on -one coaching, but maybe a group environment might be great. I like, I've been part of those before where it's just so awesome to have that connection with other accounting firm owners mm -hmm. and their, you know, their managers and things like that. You get so much out of, but that's a great place to start. That's where we started was with, um, I have accounting colleagues that we are on Slack all the time. Um, but maybe a group environment might be a great place to start too. Yeah, it can. Uh, Brandy just asked a good, um, good question. How do you track the right clients? The right clients, right? What does that even like? Charging mm -hmm. more is easy, but um, getting clients to see the value can be yeah. challenging. Uh, I think two pieces of advice there. Um, we have to find out what the client wants, like what they value. And I don't mean, let's just give them whatever, whatever they say they want. Mm -hmm. I mean, we actually really have to dig and slow mm -hmm. down in our sales process and diagnose and ask them really good questions. Like, where do you want to be in your business in three years? Uh, what are you looking for from a CPA that you haven't found so far? Um, have you ever had anybody in your life sit down with you and proactively plan with you to make sure you're seizing every single tax opportunity you possibly could. Um, what would it look like for you to get to the end of the year and not only not be surprised with this big tax amount that you owe, but you actually have confidence that you have a strategy or two that we've already pulled the trigger on okay. that have already, that has already saved you 10 grand or 20 grand in taxes. Like what would that look like for you? 
Uh, it could also be, um, what would it look like if you, or just asking them a question, are you able to forecast where you're going to be in your business based on your current trajectory? So tools like Fathom, Spotlight, you have like analytics and forecasting tools that hook in mm-hmm. with the line and zero. Mm-hmm. We often highly devalue those tools and it could be a shiny object and we can be so excited like, oh, let me give you a pretty report and I'll charge you, you know, Fathom charges 20 bucks a month. So I'm going to charge a client a hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. It's not a whole lot of extra time. That's fine. But you just gave away a ton of free value. Mm-hmm. Because what the client wants is that forecasting. And then if you plug it in with something like BizMiner uh, to give them benchmarking mm-hmm. and preload that on the report, and it's a pretty dashboard, it's a page or two, mm-hmm. but it's all interactive. Like that item in particular, if you're doing a bookkeeping service and you're just issuing QuickBooks Online financial statements, um, adding something like that to your bookkeeping package can increase the price of your bookkeeping offering by 50%. And the client will pay for that extra offering 500 bucks an hour uh, on average. Mm -hmm. So it's just finding the right service that clients actually want. um, That's very strategic and high value and kind of baking it into your current offering. So on a tax planning service, uh, it could look like what we talked about before. I'm going to add a tax planning meeting and then I'm going to offer some kind of special access to me throughout the year, but I'm going to charge a monthly fee and not everybody's still going to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Like the truth is you probably have 10%, maybe 20% of your client base. Uh, and we actually have a, a spreadsheet that um, kind of is a client analyzer inventory. And it'll kind of calculate the opportunity of what you have in your client base. Yeah. So, and it is tough. It takes messaging. It takes mm-hmm. having the conversations with the clients, asking the right questions. Um, so I don't oh. want to discredit that there's some work involved. Yeah. Also, I think what you'd have to identify what your ideal client is too. It's what what kind of client do you want to work with? Um, that obviously makes a huge difference too. So that's that's a big part of it, I think. And we, as well. It could be as simple as on your website. If you're sick of 1040s, mm-hmm. take the word 1040 off your website. Mm-hmm. Like just change your website even. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clients only kind of thing. Yep. I don't even know if we, I don't even know if we have tax preparation on our website. We might, we might, but uh, obviously we do tax preparation, but I don't, that's tax preparation not for us. is just like a piece of the puzzle where the rest is the, uh, you know, advisory and the year round work, but okay, great. So obviously we're um, pretty much out of time, but I just wanted to talk about group up and uh, what just, if you just want to go briefly over what group up is and what, why you came up with it and, and what we're, um, what you have going forward. Yeah. So group up is about accountants coming together like we never have before to better engage our teams and take care of them uh, to better serve our clients through some of this right, right service to the right client at the right price. Um, and ultimately unlock a ton of freedom for we as accounting leaders. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about coming together and helping each other. Uh, it's a resource center. There are strategic partner discounts. Um, we host other certain events in that space. Mm-hmm. It's a community, uh, paid community. There are mastermind groups that are facilitated by people like Aaron, myself, um, and Jake. Uh, so experienced firm owners. Um, those are groups of five to seven. Mm-hmm. So that's the group coaching, right? 
that's kind of a group coaching uh-huh. meet on a biweekly basis. And we meet in person once a year. Um, and there's also, um, also one-on-one coaching available for those, those who need it. And then we are slowly but surely building out a library of courses. So self-pace, uh, these are for your staff. These are for you. Uh, these are based on different practical topics. Some of them are high-level strategic. Some of them are really tactical and practical. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Like something like, like IDing your ideal client would be like a, something practical, right? Doing a basic proposal. Sure, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a resource if you need it. All right. And um, I mean, we're teaming up and we're putting together um, a, like a basic course, right? That we're going to have more information about in a couple of weeks, uh, sort of going over some of the topics that you guys have brought up. Um, and we're going to be releasing that soon. Um, so I do highly recommend if we don't have your email address, I'm assuming we do since you've been on here, <laughs> um, but shooting us an email if you're interested, you can do khonan. H-O-N-A-N at straightline, S-T-R-A-T-L-I-G-N.com. It's in the live. Jake's in the live um, chat. You probably have in your emails. Um, but we just really see this need, I think. And um, we love working with Joe. So we want to get this course together. So kind of excited about it. Help you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious. Uh, we would love... I would love um, as a CEO of Group Up just to understand, um, again, like this Facebook group, this is here. It's always going to be here. Um, uh, but for those looking for more, would love to know what you're looking for. What would you want to see in some courses or what kind of resources uh, would be helpful in moving the needle for you? And um, for those of you that have reached out, where do I go? How do I get connected? Um, we will we'll follow up with you uh, after this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but if anybody has any feedback on that, we are we are here. Yes. Great. So, I mean, we're a little bit over the hour, but um, sorry for all that sort of in and out with my sister and I and children. That's what they happens, I guess. Life, right? It's real. We're flexible. Um, but I really appreciate your time, Joe. If you guys, like you said, have any questions, Jake's put some stuff in the chats and in the comments. Uh, feel free to reach out. You can reach out. You can DM us on Facebook too. Um, we're here. We're just really excited to help you guys. We are, we're going to have this every Friday uh, at noon Eastern time. We also have started that we're forming this into a podcast just to make it more on demand as well. I know I like to listen to things like this when I'm like cleaning or running around or whatever on my earbuds. Um, but we're just really excited. I love talking to accountants, but people, all my friends make fun of me. <laughs> I love accounting conferences and stuff, but we're here. We just really want to talk to you guys, help change the industry, get that stigma out of there and uh, run awesome firms that we love and have a legacy to pass on, I think. So thanks, Joe. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for everybody who joined. Uh, You can make your firm better. Just take some work. Um, Hope everybody has an awesome weekend. Thanks, guys. TGIF. So thanks a lot for listening. We hope you got some good information this week. As always, we challenge you to pick one area of your business that you can start improving today to have a better business tomorrow. Join our Facebook group linked in the show notes to chat with us and ask your questions in a community of like-minded accounting firm owners. We will see you next week.